Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Good evening. Happy Thursday. <laughs> Not Monday. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. So when we're on a Thursday, because this is how I go, Shaheen, right? So, you know, we do this every Monday. And Thursday is our is kind of my day kind of just to do whatever, right? Mm. But then every now and then, Eric slides, you know, something in my schedule on a Thursday. So, that, so it's usually a pretty big deal. Not trying to put any pressure on you, man. Not trying to put any pressure on you, but it's like it's like in baseball, like you, it's like a cleanup hitter. It's like the number four hitter. So I'm expecting wow. big. This is a big deal here. Well, I'm honored to be on, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no pressure at all. No so, pressure. At all. <laughs> but now, in all seriousness, though, we, we're doing this special Thursday episode because I mean. I, uh, got to connect with uh, Shaheen a while back, and I, I didn't want to wait. You know, I wanted to Couldn't get wait. him get him in front of our followers as soon as possible. His story is just incredible. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like again, this is another one of those no excuses episodes. Mm. You came to this episode thinking, "Oh, I can't do this because I'm this. Or I've got this going on. I don't have this or that." When you hear his story, that's going to take away every excuse that you have. To level up and, and to make it happen. So another we, no, a no, a no excuse episode is what we have. This is a no, no excuse episode. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, this is not your everyday podcast. That's right. We, we do things a little different here on a thirty-minute hour podcast. Well, this isn't your everyday show. No. Right. You know, you you can certainly watch us live right here on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. And then later you can go back and watch the listen to the replay of this on Apple Podcasts and any of those other places that you like to listen to podcasts. And don't forget to share the show. Share the show. That's right. Don't don't keep this a secret. Make sure you share it. I mean, our goal is to help you to laugh, to learn, and to level up. So make sure you share the show with somebody who can uh Use the message and take that thing to a next level. Uh, a couple of things before we get into the meat of the program. Uh, don't forget about our sponsor, the, the Bernie L. Bates Foundation, uh, one of our key sponsors. Uh, I'm actually doing a webinar series for them September the 21st, 11 a.m. Eastern time till 12 noon. So make sure you check it out. Uh, and don't forget. And, the other thing is, even if you can't make it live, make sure you register for this. Because once you register, you get an automatic recording sent to you of the presentation. It's mm. free. It's open to the open to the public. It's the Discipline of Now webinar series. I'm doing it for the Bernie L. Bates Foundation. You want to go to blbinc.org. That's the website. blbinc.org. Don't forget about the What Now movement. Don't forget about it. Go, on the, go to the Facebook group and join the What Now movement. Today is Thankful Thursday. 
let's take some time to reflect on all the many, many things you have to be thankful for. Mm. So, Ted. Yes, sir. I've got something that's on my mind. Please share, Eric. All right. All right. So, so I want to talk today about how to become an internet millionaire. That, that, that's on my mind. We had a guest who's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Literally, he's got the t-shirt. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about how to become an internet millionaire, right? So it, there was this Friday, right? And I was feeling frustrated. I was driving into the office and, and I looked. I would have the traffic around me, and all I saw was just problems everywhere. Nothing mm-hmm. but congestions, congestion and delay everywhere I looked. You know, I, I viewed the vehicle ahead of me, and all I saw was problems. You know, I, I noticed there was this driver that was angrily, he was pointing this certain finger in my direction <laughs> as he cut in front of me. I, I was frustrated, Ted. Yeah. Uh, and my feelings changed as I glanced at my passenger side mirror. Mm. My feelings started to change. And, and I could see this image of a successful and content and wealthy looking man. He was bald headed and didn't have a beard. He looked a lot like me. He was driving this shiny black Bentley. Mm. But then I looked closer and I noticed something interesting. I looked over, I noticed on the mirror, I got excited when I saw the mirror. Here's what the mirror said. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Mm. I got excited. So, so here's why I told you this. Here's the big takeaway. And this is the part of the show where we need your undivided attention. You got to get this. You know, this isn't the time to multitask, right? Stop I know a lot of you, you might be listening to this. You're driving. You want to pull over to the side of the road. You're in the gym. You're on the treadmill. This is the time you want to press pause. Ted, is there anything else that people need to do? Put the ham sandwich down. No matter how good it is right now, you need to put the sandwich down. Listen up. That's right. This is important. We need your undivided attention. Here we go. Here's the big takeaway from what I just told you. You have to stay open to proximity. Mm. You have to stay open to proximity. That's right. So, so the dictionary, it defines proximity as nearness in space, time, or relationship. Right? The closeness, the nearness. So let's think about it. In 2021, your computer is always near you. It's on your phone. Your, your computer is always near you. You're one mouse click away from being on a path to becoming a millionaire. That's all it takes. But if you want to become an internet millionaire, you need to be open to that reality. You need to be open to the fact that a change in your trajectory is close. Mm. You need to focus on no matter how frustrated you feel. And I bring all that up to say this, because our guest today, he teaches entrepreneurs to leverage this proximity so they can crush it on the mm-hmm. Amazon platform. I think this is the perfect time, Ted, for us to, to bring him on. Yeah. Look at this. At 15 years of age, he left home with nothing but the clothes on his back. Wow. And created over a billion dollars in revenue by in- inventing the legendary smart drug known as herbal ecstasy. Today, 
He's the founder and CEO of Accelerated Intelligence, Inc., a major Amazon FBA seller with millions in sales. He's the lead coach at Amazon Mastery, where he teaches entrepreneurs how to crush it on the Amazon platform. And he's an, and an active YouTube creator. He's considered one of the leading global minds on what's next in e-commerce Amazon and the internet. Now he's described as the Willy Wonka of Generation X. And that's it. We have to talk to him about that. The Willy Wonka of Generation X by the London Observer and Newsweek. And and is one of the most forward thinkers in business. And he has this great Amazon mastery course that he's going to tell us all about. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-Minute Hour podcast, Shaheen Cheyenne. Thank you, Eric and Ted. Honored to be on, guys. And, you know, I got to tell you, Eric, I love that story, the story of you driving and seeing that message in the mirror because one of the things that I often tell people, I tell my Amazon students and was really instilled in me in mentors. And it doesn't matter if you believe in God or spirituality or, you know, any of that stuff, laws of attraction, any of those things. It it doesn't matter if you believe in nothing at all. But the fact is like you guys, like Ted was saying, if you put down the ham sandwich, literally and figuratively, and you tune in, Mm. the things around you will speak to you. The people Mm. that you need in your life will come to you. And it's, it's a process that I write about in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Cult, and that I teach to my students called synchronicity, being at the right place at the right time. And in, in your really poignant story, actually, you were having a bad day, but then you tuned in. And just in that moment where you tuned in, that message appeared to you. Now, you could have ignored that message. You could have not seen that message and just focused on anger. And we, we mm. always talk about anger as holding on to a hot coal. Who's going to get mm. burned when you hold on to a hot coal? I think Gandhi <laughs> said that. I, I love that analogy. But instead, yeah. you, you, let, you let the coal go, and this message comes to you. And that's how things work in business as well. I know we're talking about how to become a millionaire, and we can go right into that. I'm excited about talking about that. But really, it's a process, and I think you really got to the core of it and that's in that you guys both got into the core of, which is tuning in to where you are now and being present and letting the answers come to you. Mm. Now, great point. Great point. It, it, it's so easy to get frustrated. It's so easy to, you know, okay, I'm doing this. Uh, 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 you, you're dealing with a rejection, but a lot of times the answer is close. You just have to stay open, uh, like you're saying. Uh, and, and I think it helps, too, to have mentors. It helps to have someone like like our guest to, to, to help to uh, get you through that process, for sure. Now, this, yeah. this is interesting. Let, let's roll back the clock. I want to give everybody the, the, the complete perspective here. So your family escaped uh, the Iranian Revolution mm-hmm. uh, to come to the United States. So you left home at the age of 15 with nothing yeah. but the clothes on your back. Look, talk about that. I mean, how did those experiences yeah. impact you? 
So we came here. I was five years old when we left Iran. So I was just a kid, but you know, I was king of the heap in Iran, right? Everyone, you know, looked like me, sounded like me, talked like me. It was great. I was, you know, I had a little gang, you know, five years old. We'd leave. <laughs> We'd come back when it was time to come back. Safest place in the world. No one messed with us. It was great. And then we came to this place. I barely spoke English. It was during Iran Contra and in Los Angeles, which had, you know, racial problems for years and years. And I remember going to school and realizing, oh, darn, I'm a second class citizen here. And wow. I am definitely um, discriminated against in a very big way. Mm. But that gave me a chip on my shoulder, you know, gave me grit. I was like, all right, well, you know, let's see how you guys do in a few years. I'm going to read instead. You know, you guys go out there and, you know, I would get the holy, you know, what kicked out of me. I promised my wife I, I wouldn't curse today. So I'm trying not to curse, but I would get the, 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 you know, the holy heck kicked out of me every day, every day. Somebody would look at the Iranian kid and I would get beaten up and, you know, and it was, it was one of those things. So, by the time I was 15, I was like, I'm out of here, guys. Like, I'm not about this life. And, you know, my parents managed to buy a house in a uh, up and coming part of town. It, the, that part hadn't been gentrified yet in Los Angeles. And overnight, that part of town boomed. And so I'm 15. I'm looking around. I'm like, man, that guy's got, you know, he's got the Benz. That guy's got the beautiful girl in the Porsche. Like, how do I get that? And my folks didn't have an answer. Their answer was, well, you know, you become a doctor and you become a lawyer. And I was like, well, how long does that take? And they're like, you know, eight years, 10 years. And I'm like, and then what happens? And then you get a loan and then you got to pay off that loan. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, right. that's not going to happen. So I decided to take off. I left everything, no money, no friends. And I went off on my own. Hmm. And I started sleeping in abandoned buildings in the backseat of abandoned cars uh, and reading these great self-help books, these great inspirational books of like old timey guys who kind of had figured it out back in the day. And I managed, interestingly enough, I don't know, I'll, I, I got to send you guys a copy of my book so you could check it out. But interestingly enough, great. I came across a mentor at a local community college. And unbeknownst to me, this guy was a leader in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. His name was Edward Lawson. And Edward Lawson was a black man who was constantly harassed by the police. Mm. And he was highly, highly uh, educated, well-spoken in law, um, incredibly intelligent, one of the smartest guys in any room he was in, and mm. able to, just with his words, make anybody like go, oh my God, I, I feel so like just you would shrink in this man's presence. And he became a mentor to me. He managed to take me under his wing and show me how he lived life. And this was an incredible human being. This was a man that was masterful at influencing people. And he had been on the Oprah Winfrey show several times talking about race. And he had single-handedly sued the San Diego Police Department by himself, not a lawyer. This is just the layman who was tired of being pulled over by the police just for his skin color and the way that he looked. And he sued them, took it all the way to the Supreme Court and got precedence. He won. He won a, a, the, the largest settlement in those days. And this was in the 1980s. He was known as the California Walkman. You guys can look it up. There's articles about him. And I, I write about him in my book too. But Ed was huge uh, about also living life fully. 
and he loved to dance and loved to listen to electronic music. So he encouraged me to get involved in the electronic music scene at the time. So under his guidance, and he was like a father to me, one of my uh, closest, closest allies in that time where I had nobody, he literally like picked me up and, and, and guided me to a path of success, which was, you know, incredible at that time. Again, like we were talking about right place at the right time. When you tune in opportunities appear. I was 15 years old. I had nothing. I knew nothing, no education. I hadn't finished high school. And then this guy shows up and he's like, buddy, let me, let me, let me educate you in life. So I started going to these clubs, dancing, house music was great. Chicago house was beautiful. Love listening to, to dance music and electronic music. And I, I started to realize that I could sleep in the clubs. The clubs always had a back room or I could sleep behind the speakers. So I would fall asleep. In the, I would go there. I would hang out a little bit. Mind you, I never do drugs. I didn't do any drugs in those days. And I would just watch people. I was cool if other people did it, but I was just there to, to learn. And one day I decided, hey, man, there's some money happening here. But it's not happening from the club owners because they're broke. The DJs are the brokest, you know what, dudes out there. So it's not the DJs. Who's making the money? So I kept my eyes open. And it was the guys who were dealing the drugs. And I thought to myself, man, that's amazing. That's what I got to do. It's quick. It's uh, lucrative. Oh, wait, it's illegal. And then I looked back to school where I was in in los angeles i was being discriminated against i had to figure out a way to like bring myself up so i created a little gang and we started going to uh, liquor stores and stealing like nudie magazines and little bottles of liquor and selling them in school it was my first foray into crime and the thing i realized was i was really good at selling really bad at crime i mean i was horrible at crime so I look back to, we would always get busted. We would end up in detention every time. And then we would be selling in detention because that would be an ideal place full of like, like all the kids that got into trouble and what did they need? All the contraband that we were selling. But I realized that that was not a life for me. Crime, I would not be good at. So I would have to figure something out that wasn't crime. Mm -hmm. And it was good that I had that self-awareness because like, who knows where I would have ended up. So I decided to create a legal form of the party drug ecstasy at the time. And I got myself a girlfriend and I managed to convince her to let me cook it up in the kitchen, you know, using herbs, all natural ingredients that I managed to like borrow from, you know, I'd walk into herbal stores in Chinatown and get them to give me ingredients. And so I made this stuff up. I didn't even have the, the money to make, get the machine to make them into capsules. So we would hand roll them into these little balls as close to pills as we could get. We put them in these little baggies and then I walked up to the club and right time at the right place, the drug dealers had all run out of product. The government had clamped down on the sales and distribution of this drug, ecstasy, which was really popular at the time. And these guys didn't have product to sell. They had very few options and people were not happy about this. So I walked up to the first guy. So I was sweating bullets, you know, 15 year old kid. I had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, excuse me, excuse me. And he said, hey kid, you know, you know, bugger off, get out of here. And I said, no, 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 no. I got to talk to you. Like, what do you want? What do you want? I don't got nothing to sell you. And I said, no, I don't want to buy any drugs. I want to sell you something. So like, well, what do you have? Are you a cop? I said, no, no, not a cop, man. Not a, definitely not. Do I look like a cop? Definitely not a cop. Let me talk to you for a second. And I, I went into my sales pitch and I said, Hey, you got to sell these pills. It's all natural, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he said, get the F out of here. And I was like, okay, it was that moment. It was that moment where I knew 
that I had to burn my ships. I knew that this was the moment where I would either pack my stuff up and go running home to mommy or make that shift. So I said, totally understand you, bro, but that's not where we're going. You're going to sell this and let me tell you why. Right time at the right place. I tuned in, guys. Eric Ted, I tuned in. And what happened was I put down the ham sandwich. I tuned into this guy, looked him straight in the eyes. There was no more fear in my eyes. He knew that I was not leaving. And in that moment, when I tuned in, two people walked up to him looking for, you know what? He didn't have any. He looks at me, motions over, tells me to hand him the bags. I hand him the baggies. He hands it to the customer, grabs the cash, puts it in his pocket, and he goes, come see me in an hour. So now I'm sweating even more. Oh my God, if this stuff is bad, this guy's going to kill me. What's going on? This is a real drug dealer. This is not, I mean, he's probably like mob associated. I don't know what this guy is, but this is like a real dude. This is not, I mean, this is back in the day where tattoos were like an indication of your roughness. He had tattoos on his neck and stuff. Not like today, everybody gets them. So I go back, come back in an hour. Everybody's jumping up and down. People are pointing at me. People are pointing at him. He's counting all the money. He sold all the pills. I look at him. I go, okay, this could go really well or it could go really bad. I don't know what he's going to do. He motions to me to come over. You know, his little bodyguards move away. I come close to him and he looks at me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die. This was it. I've had a good life. This has been a good run. And he looks at me and he goes, kid, how soon can you get me more? And that was it. It went from one guy to 10 guys to 100 guys to 1,000 guys. And then we were selling in Urban Outfitters. Uh, we were selling in GNC. We were selling in 7-Eleven. We went mainstream. We were in 30,000 stores. Mind you, six months before, I was sleeping in abandoned buildings and abandoned cars. Then, after all this, I had 200 employees, and I was in Venice. I wouldn't sleep very much in those days. An hour or two hours, I'd sleep on the factory floor. I'd sleep in my car wherever, you know, because I sometimes wouldn't even make it home from, from work. We were so busy making money. I walk into my office, 200 employees, 30 offices, our products in 30,000 stores. And guys, the news breaks. The news breaks on national TV that we've broken the billion-dollar mark in sales. A billion dollars in revenue pre-internet, pre-Facebook, pre-mobile phones, pre-social media. And I was in a panic, not because we broke a billion dollars, but because I did not know how much a billion dollars was. I did not have that information. And I'm having a panic attack. I'm sweating. Everyone's asking me, hey, what's wrong, kid? And I'm like, I don't know how much a billion dollars is. And they're like, look, relax. You know, Sam Donaldson's on his way. You're going to be on Nightline. Montel Williams wants to have you on a show. He just sent a ticket for you. There's limos outside. The press is outside. Just relax. No one's going to ask you that. We'll get that information. And from there, guys, it was a wild ride that included, you know, the, the Japanese mob, the Yakuza, trying to get involved in the company. Uh, me trying to hold on despite fighting the government, the government trying to make our product illegal, trying to make everything I was doing illegal. And it was a battle, but a, a super exciting time. And I, I, again, you know, I write about it. Anybody that's interested, anybody that's checking this out on live, the book drops in the next week or two. So check that out. It's Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. If you're interested in hearing more about the story. Uh, <laughs> I like. I don't even know where to go with my next question. I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. Let, let's unpack this. So first off, you just leave at age fifteen, right? You're you're fifteen years old, and you just say, "I'm just going to go for it." 
Yeah. And so how long was it before you met your mentor? Was it six months before you met this mentor person? About six months to a year, somewhere in that time. And so during that time, you were just sleeping in abandoned buildings, sleeping anywhere you could, basically. Yeah, didn't matter to me. On the beach, back of back of abandoned cars, wherever. Didn't matter. I only slept a couple hours anyway. And then I'd have to go figure out how to eat, which I'd go to hot dog stands. And you know, they, I realized the relish and the ketchup and mustard was free. You could live off that for a while. It was glorious. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, and then how did you, like, like, how did you have the insight to come up with this, this herbal concoction again? Like, how did you invent that exactly? Yeah, cause, you know, yeah, because you didn't, because you didn't say anything about like biology class or anything, like, like no. you knew this type of stuff. Like, how did you? Yeah, I never got the memo that it was impossible. Mm. That never, that never ended up in my inbox, and I just had the idea, and I decided that nothing was going to stop me. I had so many no's. I had so many people that were looking at me, telling me I was never going to make it. I thought about myself getting my butt kicked every day when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, grown up in school, just because I wasn't from this country and realized that, Hey man, I got to do more to make it in this country. It's, it's, it's not enough to rest on my laurels. You know, I don't have a rich daddy. I don't have a trust fund. I've got to, I've got to do this on my own. I don't have anybody in those days to, you know, be, be able to support me. So I've got to, I've got to do this. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to figure it out. And, and really guys, the answer to that, and everybody asks me that, and it's a great question. The answer is I decided I was going to do something no matter what it took. And I burned my ships and I went forward full force. And the information that I needed was widely available and people would answer me. I would pick up the phone. I'd call somebody that wrote a book on herbs. And I'd be like, hey, man, I want to make this pill. I wanted to do this. And most of the time, people would entertain me because they saw the hunger. They saw the grit. They saw the fact that I wasn't asking them for, for anything, but I wasn't leaving until I got what I needed. You know, I was relentless. It was just like looking at that drug dealer in the eyes. I was relentless. I was not going to quit. There was nothing he could have said to me that would have made me leave. So, so let me ask this question. So, so when you first came up with the idea, right? You said you were at the club, and you know they were, you know, there's illegal drugs, right? Like, were you thinking, okay, I want to, like, I want to try to address this this need that people have, but legally? Like, were you thinking of it like that, or were you just like, yeah, exactly right? Yeah. I thought, you know, it was, it was something, you know, I talk about this also in my book and my course, you know, a lot of people talk about thinking outside the box. I say, crush the effing box. Mm. Think outside of your own mind. Like Mm. when, when you really tune in, when you really tap into that synchronicity, when you really put down that ham sandwich, I love Mm -hmm. that. I'm going to use that, Ted. I'll I'll credit you with it, man. But I love that. (laughs) When you, when you, when you really do that, you know, you, you come up with amazing things and that's, that's what I did. I had nobody to tell me no. Now, look, in those days I was younger. I didn't have a family. I didn't have anything to lose. I didn't have a house and a mortgage and a you know car and all that stuff. So now, you know, I've got a bigger lifestyle. I'm a family man. You know, I've got more to lose. So maybe I wouldn't take those same risks, but also I was going to win. And the amount of risk I took didn't matter 
because I didn't have anything to lose. I, when you have nothing to lose, you know, what, what, you know, that's, that's the most dangerous man in the world. Mm. You know, it's funny. Wow. I, 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 I like watching documentaries. I watch these documentaries about, you know, in Thailand, if you go to prison, you're, you're basically in there forever, especially if it's for like some kind of drug offense or something like that. But there's one way out. Well, two ways out. One is if you have a lot of money, you can get lawyers and get out. The second way out, which most of these guys don't have, is to fight. And so Thai boxing, which is a great mixed martial art, one of the greatest martial arts out there. Uh, if you get in the ring and there's guys that come from all over the world to fight these Thai guys who come from prison, if you win as a guy who's jailed, they give you a pardon. Hmm. Now, watching this documentary, how often do you think a guy who's in jail for life is going to lose when he's fighting another guy that's just flying in from Germany or somewhere else and is just trying to have a fun fight. <laughs> Those guys never lose. It yeah. doesn't matter. You yeah. know, you're going to have to kill that, kill that guy. If you're going to want to win because he's going to get up no matter what he's to, to fight. Yeah. Those fights are engaged to watch. Now, of course there's human rights and ethical issues with, with that, but you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a interesting analogy, but I, I, I use that to say that was the kind of mentality that I had. I was in a prison of my own making in of my mm. own mind. And I was fighting for my life. And when you are doing that, nothing can stop you. Yeah. You, you talk about having a zero options mentality. Man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's incredible. So like, if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now with all the experiences and things you've done on Amazon, like what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah. To my younger self. So first and foremost, I think you, you seek more mentors and mm -hmm. seek people who've done what you want to do and mm -hmm. get them to coach you. Now you might have to pay them. You might have to do services in kind. You might have to work for them. None of that matters, but like you said, proximity. I think you were talking about being open to proximity. One of the best ways is to find somebody who is where you want to be. Proximity, Eric. You guys had great, great stuff today. So, you know, <laughs> nearness, you said nearness in space, time, or relationship, right? So you can have that nearness in space, time, or relationship to somebody who is successful. And even now, that you know, I've my companies have made over a billion dollars over the years, and now we're doing hundreds of millions of dollars in sales for all our products and companies and all the stuff that we do, particularly selling on the Amazon space. We do millions and millions of dollars in sales every year on just Amazon alone. Hmm. Um, I still have mentors to this day, I still seek out mentors, people that are at the places where I want to be, and I influence them to coach me, to mentor me, to teach me. And I think that's one of the most important things because if you look at my life story and the transformative experiences that brought me to where I am and become who I am, you know, it all started with a mentor. It started first and foremost with meeting Ed, the California Walkman, who it changed me 100%. Hmm. Yeah, so, so Ted, th there's that word again. There's the M word. Like, so, so, so every time we have a super successful person on the podcast, they always mention the word mentor yeah. without fail. So I, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I hopefully uh, our followers are taking note of that, that you need to find somebody who's 
doing the thing that you want to do. That can certainly shorten your learning curve and keep you from bumping your head. But I'm curious. So you, you go from this herbal drug sensation to just killing it on Amazon. So, so talk, what was that journey like? How do you go from this 15-year-old sensation to the Amazon success? Yeah, so the herbal ecstasy thing kind of winded down and I moved on to doing other things. I produced a film, I wrote some books, um, nothing like the book I have coming out, but I wrote a few little books and I did a few different things, got involved in some different investments all over the world, real estate, all that kind of stuff. Cheyenne's my, my kind of cat. Man, I just wrote a book, man. I did some investment. Not nothing like the book I'm about to do. Like that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking that's about. I appreciate yeah. that. So from there, what I did was I started looking at different businesses, and I decided I was going to build a brain supplement, a nootropic, because we had our kid, our, my boy, and I thought to myself, man, you know, like I'm getting up there in age now. I'm in my 40s. And I was in my late 30s at that time. And I thought, man, it'd be great if I had something that could give me that extra, you know, little edge. So I invented this brain supplement called Accelerol, which is spectacular. We still sell it. Um, and I was looking for a place to sell it. And I thought we'd go subscription or we could go brick and mortar. All the stores wanted the stuff that I was selling because they've been looking for what's the next thing Shaheen's going to sell. And I decided, hey, let me, then this was back in the day where you could email Jeff Bezos and get a response back. It was Jeff at Amazon.com. You'd email him. He'd check every single email and get back to you. Jeff Bezos, richest guy in the world, was not then. And we got news somehow through the grapevine that Bezos was opening up the Amazon platform to offer to sellers, anybody, me, you, to sell anything we wanted to on the platform, you know, within reason, but any legal thing on the platform. So I said, hey, let me put these pills up on there. Let's see what happens. Put them up, went to sleep. There was an expensive pill. It was about $120 a bottle. Now they're a lot less. Now you can get them for about 40 bucks a bottle. But back then they were expensive because they first came out. And... I woke up in the morning and we had thousands of orders. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to take a deeper look at this Amazon thing. This is insane. We did nothing and we got all this all this money and all these orders, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of orders. Something's happening here. I took a look at it. I looked into Bezos, came from Wall Street, uh, Wall Street pedigree, smartest guys in the room. I, I looked at him and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm betting my chips on Bezos and Amazon. I think this is going to be the biggest platform ever. And we did, and I learned how to master Amazon and how to sell on Amazon, and we became one of the first big sellers on Amazon. We continue to sell on Amazon to this day. And now, guys, I actually have a course where I empower other people to sell products and create recurring revenue on the Amazon platform. So while you are sleeping, you are making money. And I teach mm -hmm. in my Amazon Mastery course, which I can, I'll, I'll give you guys a link to later. But what we teach is foundational thinking that – you know, there's all these guys now, and you guys know we live in this kind of, you know, TikTok, Instagram society where people want everything quick. They want to get rich quick. They want the Lamborghini. They want this. They want that. They want all the shiny things, but nobody wants to do the work. And what we teach is a little bit different, guys. We teach get rich slow, but we teach foundational thinking. I teach that you need to have four pillars a table with four legs very stable three legs still stands up not that great two legs you got problems one leg we're in tripod territory okay not good so 
your first leg, your foundation should be your job. There's no shame in that. You got to feed your family. You want to make sure that you are stable and comfortable in life. Without that, you can't do anything else. And if you got to drive Uber, if you've got to work at a restaurant, if you've got to hold down a job and sell your hours, then you do it until you don't have to anymore. Well, our goal is to get you out of selling your hours. Second pillar, cash flow real estate. You don't need any money to buy real estate. That's a myth. You can use other people's money to buy real estate, or you could use your own if you've got enough, but you should be learning about real estate because more people in this country reach wealth by climbing the real estate ladder than mostly anything else out there. So having knowledge about real estate, really useful. The third pillar is you should have some investments diversified. Stock market, if you know about crypto, if you're into that thing, do that. But something that's creating compound interest, month after month compounding money for you. And the fourth pillar, which I think is arguably one of the most important ones, is having an e-commerce business. And Amazon being one of the best platforms, and that's what I teach, is learning how to sell something online. Now, this isn't going to make you a millionaire tomorrow but it's going to allow you to build an asset that over the next six to nine months can start bringing in five, 10, 20, $30,000 extra revenue a month. For a lot of people, that's life-changing. And from there, building it up in two to three years, having a company that you could sell for two to $5 million, working part-time outside of your job, your real estate, all that other stuff. But you know what, guys? I learned early that when you have those foundations, you can never have a bad day. If one of the legs is pulled out from under you, real estate takes a tank, you're good. You got your job, your investments, and your and your uh, online real estate. Um, if you have one of the other pillars fall out, you still got the other three, and you could still stand until you get that pillar back. So it's really important. I, I teach people to think foundationally. And you know, we've got a uh, one-hour course that teaches you everything you need to know from A to Z on how to sell on Amazon, start your business, guys. It's normally 200 bucks for anybody that's listening into your podcast. We're going to offer that absolutely for free. Reach oh, out wow. to me on fbasellercourse.com. That's fbasellercourse.com or go to shaheenshayan.com. And for anybody who listens to the show, the podcast, just reach out to us, mention the 30 minute hour, and we will give you that one hour course absolutely for free. No charge, no obligation. Just if I can empower you guys to be better versions of yourself, to be successful, uh, I, I'm honored to do that. Wow. Thank you. That's great. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. I mean, that's a great offer. I mean, those yeah. you're watching, you're listening right now, go to FBASellerCourse.com, mention that, uh, mention the 30-minute-hour podcast, take advantage of this life-changing opportunity. And, and I love it when we have guests to come on with, with specific nuggets you know, mm -hmm. specific points to remember. I mean, with the four the four pillars, right? You got your job, you got your real estate, you got investments, and e-commerce. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. You can't go wrong with if the four pillars uh, are intact. Now, I, I want to shift gears a little bit because we we've heard about this this amazing success you've had with what seems like with everything you've touched, right? But but yeah. look at that. I've done a little bit of research on you. Look at some of your your bio information. You've had some some notable failures too with, yeah. with businesses um, that you've started. Is, sure. is there a, uh, that's, a, a the kind, that's, that's the kind of friend you need, Cheyenne. One to just kind of let you know, yeah, but here's that time that you kind of dropped the ball. Let's talk about that a little bit. 
Let's do it, man. There's, 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 there's many, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, go, go ahead and ask your question. I've got a great, great answer for that one. Yeah, I, I want to hear about like your, your most, your most notable failure, the, the one that you feel like you've, you know, you've learned from the most. It really stands out in your mind. Yeah, I think you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about that. But look, I think anybody that's really great at anything, and a lot of my friends and a lot of guys I know that are multimillionaires, a couple that are billionaires I know are very similar, like me. I am incredibly good at a very narrow band of stuff. And everything else, I am a complete failure at. I mean, worse than the worst. I mean, some things I do, I'm like, dude, can I be any worse at that? So for example, like, fixing things around the house. I'm just not that dude. I know my wife wants me to be like, Hey, you know, fix this and like put a belt on a hand. I can't drive a nail through a piece of wood. If you gave me a video <laughs> and instructions, I just couldn't do it, but I'm really great at the stuff that I do that I'm really good at. So I think it's about knowing yourself, having mm -hmm. that self-knowledge and knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And you know, in my, in my story in in the story of my book, um, there are a lot of things that went wrong between then and now mm. between, uh, you know, basically leaving home at 15 and creating a billion dollar plus company. There's a lot of stuff that went wrong. And there's a, there's a really interesting story in there where a man shows up at my office with a briefcase and a million dollars and a, a ticket for a private jet to go to Tokyo. Had no idea what that was about. Turns out the the somebody in the Japanese mafia wanted to take over my business. Wow. Um, you know, lined with foolish mistakes. Like, you know, why as a teenage kid would I get on a private plane, take the money from a guy that shows up that I don't know, show up in a strange country and be at the whim? And I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who's, going to read the book and find out what happened. But there were some some mistakes made there. But at the end of the day, I ended up coming through. And again, you know, I chalk it up to when you got nothing to lose, you become a very dangerous adversary. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I wanted to talk about that because I, it helps people. I think it's inspiring when they see someone that's had your level of success that you you've had some stumbles as well. And it hasn't been perfect. Um, Cause I think people are in that place now where they're stumbling and they're yeah. thinking, okay, well, yeah, it's easy. It's easy for him to say, you know, yeah, look at him. He's the Amazon man, but, but that's not always the, the total picture. So that's, that's interesting. And I'll tell you this, I tell this to people all the time. I just had this conversation with a student is that there's a thing called perfection by paralysis. And it's just another way of, low self-confidence and, and making excuses and procrastinating. And that's when you get so involved in the minutia and details of things that you don't launch whatever your business, your idea, your product, your company, your service, whatever it is, because it's not perfect enough. And the interesting part about that is that if you are in that position, and like, like Erica saying, you are stumbling in life, what you need to do is you need to seek failure. Just like Michael Jordan said, um, amazing man, an amazing documentary. Hang on a sec, guys. I'm just going to close my door. So, Eric, you, you want to sing or something like, during this time? 
Sorry about that. Yeah, they're uh, they're doing some work outside. The second yeah, I get no it, it requires me getting on a podcast for for them to start doing the work. When I'm not, it's, it's very quiet here. Oh yeah, that's how it goes. No, like no the Michael problem. Jordan documentary, he talks about failing often. People don't remember you by your failures, usually. People will remember you by your successes. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks about, hey, man, you remember that shot in uh, 89 that Jordan missed? Never. 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 All you see is the guy in the air, the ball in his hand, and him making that, that legendary shot in the last minute of the game to win. And that's who you need to be. So seeking failure is a great way to go about it if you have that procrastination, if you have that perfection paralysis, and that's that you decide that you're going to fail. Hey, I'm going to invest this much money. I'm going to burn it all. I'm going to lose it all. I'm going to be intelligent about it. I'm going to do all my research. I'm going to try not to lose it, but now I'm going out and I'm seeking failure. I want the universe to prove to me. I want the world at large to prove to me that I can fail. And if I failed, that's okay because I went out there to play. And you know what? Most of the times you will not fail, but you've just eliminated that procrastination because you no longer have to tell yourself that you're out there just to win. And, and similarly, you know, I know the topic and the title of this is, you know, how you become a millionaire. But I got to tell you, I tell people all the time, stop trying to figure out how you're going to become a millionaire and start trying to figure out how you're going to bring excellence into the world. Stop chasing money. You know, stop chasing, stop chasing women, stop chasing money, stop chasing, you know, material things. Those things don't matter. What matters is bringing excellence to the world. Yeah, sure. A guy like Michael Jordan, he loves, you know, he's great. He's great. He loves money. You know, he got a car for his, you know, folks, he's big houses, whatever. But you think he goes out there and he's playing, he's playing ball the way he plays ball. You think he's doing that for money? No, he's doing it because he is the best best he's seeking excellent in every moment all great athletes businessmen you know money is just a natural side effect of bringing excellence into the world so if you're tied up with the money and you're making notes to yourself i'm gonna make 50 million i'm gonna make 100 million i'm gonna make 20 million it never works because you are pushing that thing that you're seeking further and further away mm. by just going after the going after the money instead focus that energy on doing something excellent be the best i love mm. sports at this stuff because there's no lion in sports once you get on the court once you get on the mats you know i do combat sports so once you get on the mats once you get on the court there's no lying it's between you and the other guy and it's whoever has that skill is the guy that's gonna win there's there's no there's the the truth is found in combat and and if you or procrastinating, if you're worried about failure, you need to go into combat and lose. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Only to discover how you can win. Hmm. Great. Now, I mean, you got to bring excellence into the world. And I agree with the, as a, as a martial arts practitioner myself, former anyway, yeah, <laughs> the truth will come out. <laughs> <laughs> the former, former. Yeah, what, yeah. You, what do you? What did? What did you train, Eric? So, so I did uh, American karate. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I would do the tournaments, and that—that's the thing that, that those tournaments, when that bell goes off, the truth's coming out. <laughs> yeah, you can't fake it, right? <laughs> exactly. So now that—that—that's good stuff. So I'm just curious. Tell, tell us about your your typical, like your daily routine. 
You know, like what, what, time, what time do you start? Like what, what's your routine look like? Can you hear me okay, Shaheen? Did we lose Shaheen? I don't know if he can hear us. Yeah, as long as there's an issue with the sound. Shaheen, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Yeah, I think we froze for a second. I think there might be a problem with StreamYard, the software we're using. My connection looks okay, um, but I can no longer hear you guys. I think I'm... I'm seeing it live on on Facebook, but I think the feed might have slowed down on uh, on one of our ends. But hopefully, we can reconnect the feed shortly. Let's wait a moment and see if the feed recontinues. And we hear you fine. Yeah. Uh, can, I think can you, you hear guys us now? are coming back. Oh, you guys were coming back. Yeah, we hear you fine. Mm-hmm. Can you hear us now? I can hear just the last part of what you said, but I can't hear you very clearly now. I think we might have a problem with uh, the connection, so we can we can hold off for just a moment and okay. see if uh, the connection will return to us. I, I apologize if it's anything on my end. Oh, no worries, no worries. Yeah, while he's getting that, uh, squared away, Ted. I mean, these <laughs> just some some serious. There we are. We're back, guys. Keys. Okay, Great. good stuff. So you, you can hear us in real time now. I can hear you in real time now. I apologize about that. No problem. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So now I was asking you about your your daily routine. Like, what does that look like? What time do you start? What time? Like, like, what's your routine look like? Yeah, just my like regular life routine. Regular, you know, regular day, yeah. Enough, Typical day. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, really have focused the last few years on life design and have designed my life to be a way where, you know, generally if I'm doing the stuff I love to do is hanging out with my family. We travel all over the world. We bring our laptops and we work from wherever we're at. I've got a, a beautiful boy and a beautiful wife and we, we love visiting other countries, getting involved in other cultures and learning about other people's food, other people's cultures, how other people live. And so we've been all over the world, India, Thailand, uh, all, everywhere. But now, you know, being in LA during COVID, I've, I've put a particular extra effort on my personal health and the health of my family and making sure that we're healthy and fit. And so I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do is red light therapy. We've got these red light panels that we produce. We're going to launch on Amazon soon. And I turn on the red lights and I sit, you know, 5 a.m. for about 30 minutes with the red lights and it, it changes my mood. The lights are amazing technology. Then from there, I'll usually take an ice bath and freezing cold water. And I'll do that for about 45 minutes of a, of a really, really cold ice bath. Um, sorry, four to five minutes, not 45 minutes. I apologize. <laughs> 45 minutes and you guys wouldn't be seeing me here. It, it, it hurts. It hurts after 15 seconds from there. I'll probably do contrast therapy. So I will go from hot to cold, hot to cold. I'll do an infrared sauna. Then I'll do a, a steam. Then I'll go back into the ice bath. Then I'll go back into the jacuzzi back and forth. So constantly having that, then I will, 
probably it'll probably be 7 a.m. by that time. I would have probably have read for about 15 minutes to an hour, usually something personal development related. Now I'm reading uh, The Art of the Impossible by Stephen Kotner, which is an amazing author. I'm really enjoying that. But before that, I read uh, Richard Koch's Unreasonable Success, another great book. And I'll hang out with my boy, whatever he wants to do. We, we do 3D printing projects. We could just go hang out. We could go swimming, whatever, whatever he wants to do, get him ready for school, which I love doing. I make him a high protein breakfast, high fat, high protein breakfast if I can. And I'll usually fast. Then I'll probably take my meetings, my calls, do interviews. From there, what I'll do is usually I'll go to jujitsu class. So I'll get on the mats and train for an hour or two, uh, you know, aggressive combat sports, learning, very important, always gives me humility when I train because I'm just beginning and, um, you know, my journey and, and there's a lot to learn. So it's great. Uh, really mellows me out from there. I come back and then, you know, the real work day starts and I start doing what I feel like I talk to who I want, when I want. Um, and, and that's really, you know, at the end of the day, what I consider freedom. It's not money. It's not having millions. It's not, you know, all that stuff. It's being able to do what I want, who I want, when I want. And, and that's really, you know, that's, that's the key, man. You know, it's like freedom is time and time is the new luxury. It's the only thing that matters. If you've got millions and millions of dollars, but you don't have your own time, you're a poor man. Oh man, yeah, that, that, and that takes that's him right afternoon. there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then you know, I'll, I'll I'll pick my kid up, and then we'll hang out. I'll help him with his schoolwork. He's currently he's he's seven, so he started his second business now, uh, and you know I'm trying to slow him down and and have him be more of a kid rather than thinking he's got to start a bill. He's very excited about his business. He wants to save endangered animals and do all kinds of things. So he's, he's very active. He's gotten his friends involved. I didn't even know what's going on, but he's currently investing in some people's company. I don't know with what money, but he's, you know, he's seven years old. So he's figured that out. And, uh, really just, just spending time with my family, always family first, most important thing ever. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, so we're at the part of the show where it's time to go around the horn. And this is where we each leave that closing thought for our followers to remember this show by that help them to level up and become unstoppable. So Shaheen, you're the, the guest of honor. We'll start with you. What, what is that closing thought you'd like to leave the people with? I'm sorry, guys. I think I've lost you. I think I'm no longer hearing you in in real time. Oh, there you go. I think it's when I see you blink. I know that we're back in real time. Sorry about that, Eric. Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you perfectly. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we're going around the horn and we're leaving our followers with that one final closing thought. So what's your closing thought to leave with the people? I think my closing thought is that you need to have a transformational experience as Richard Koch says in his book, unreasonable success. And that can come in many ways. You could travel, you could find a mentor, you could join a group of, of people, create a mastermind, but do what you need to do to really change your story 
and to put a dent in the universe because that's really what's important. You know, it's what Walter Isaacson said that Steve Jobs created is a, a, a reality distortion field where it doesn't matter what other people think. We don't get involved in other people's opinions of us. What we do is we create our own reality and we disregard the memo that it's impossible. And I'll, I'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes. And that's that, I don't know who, who, who wrote this quote, but it's one of my favorite ones. And it's, the person who believes it can't be done should not interrupt the person who's doing it. <laughs> Mic drop moment there. <laughs> wow. Wow. The, the person who believes it can't be done shouldn't interrupt the person who's doing it. Mm. That's profound. All right. No, that, that's great. That, that's one I'm going to have to uh, retweet. But, but I'll give you the credit. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. you sh sharing that with us. All right, Ted. So look, man. For real, I'm not trying to follow Shane. <laughs> I'm not that right there. Um, man, this I've just been. This has been just an amazing story. And I, you, you talk about at 15 years old, you know, just kind of going from nothing to, you know, millions and millions. Of, Billions in sales. <clears throat> and then, you know, the, to come to a place where you are now where it just it's not even about any of that. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and how you just said, really, it's just it's just about bringing excellence. Right. Like that. Like that is the thing. Like, I think if, if all of us you know, really thought about how we bring excellence to the world and whatever it is that, you know, that, that we can do, how we can make a, you know, we can you know, make an impact, you know, and, you know, and then, yeah, sure, you'll make some money along the way, but definitely keeping that focus on, on bringing, on bringing excellence. And so I, you know, I just, yeah, that, that, that just, that, that's just something just really to, to, to really think about, you know, and I just think that, uh, this has been a very, uh, uh very motivational, um, session. So I just really appreciate you taking time to, to talk with us today. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree, Ted. The idea of yeah. if you focus on bringing excellence, I mean, a lot of these other things will take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So no, I think that, that's great. So, so my around the horn piece, I have to go back to what he was talking about. Shaheen was talking about seeking failure. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard this, there was an interview. It was a coach of the uh, North Dakota State, right, the football team, and they had they they were on this long winning streak, had lost, and it may have even been several years, so that they lost the game, right? They, they suffered this loss, and so the coach, what, he he makes a statement to his team, and what he says has everything to do with what Shaheen was talking about. He, he said he, he told them, "Look, you will never be judged by a moment." but you'll always be judged by your body of work. And I think that's something to think about, you know, when you look at these stumbles and failures, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about your body of work. You know, you talk about Michael Jordan, same thing. He had his failures, but you don't remember the failures. You remember his body of work. He's considered to be the goat, greatest of all time. So I think if we can maintain that perspective, you know, that can help us to seek out failure on the road to where we want to go. 
Man, I tell you, this is this has been an amazing episode. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this one. Some, some, some moments I forgot I was the host. I was I was caught up in Shaheen's amazing story of. We, we was we was in a master class and we didn't even know it. <laughs> we were just sitting there just in a master class. I don't know. I think I got caught up the most when you talked about how he started the day and all that ice bath and all that stuff. Man, I don't know about all that shit. That ice bath, I don't even like it with that sound, the ice bath. Gotta seek discomfort, man. Gotta gotta put yourself in the area where you are just uncomfortable enough to to question your ego, but not mm -hmm. uncomfortable enough to where you hurt yourself. And that's where you find the truth. Truth is found in combat. Sometimes well, that I'm, combat's with yourself. Well, I'm, I'm gonna start a little different. I'm gonna do it a little different. I'm gonna get a bowl and I'll put some ice in it. I'm gonna start with just putting my hand in the bowl for about four to five minutes. We're gonna start with that first where I start trying to submerge my whole body in a, in a tub of ice. That just, man. Totally legit and effective. And, you know, Wim Hof, the ice man who, uh, is is one of the founders of this kind of cold therapy. He talks about doing exactly that before you submerge mm. yourself. So again, you're tuned in, man. You put the ham sandwich that's down. Right. Put it you down. That's it. it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, so we certainly want to thank Shaheen Cheyenne for what he has shared. So one more time, can you tell the people the best ways for them to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we have a podcast actually on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts called Hack and Grow Rich. Make sure to subscribe and like. You can get me on my website, shaheenshayen.com. That's S-H-A-A-H-I-N-C-H-E-Y-E-N-E.com. And I'm sure the guys will include it in the show notes. My book is called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. That's going to be available in the next week or two. So make sure to pre-order on Amazon, Audible, wherever books are found. And other than that, if I can help empower anybody, if I can help coach you in any way, make sure to reach out to me through the website. Let me know that you heard me on the 30-minute hour, which I think has gotten to the one-hour hour. I think I missed your show up. I talked to you. <laughs> you know, you're good, man. You're good. If, if, we, uh, if, if you mentioned that you heard it on the 30-minute hour, uh, I will give you guys my $200 one-hour course absolutely for free, no obligation, just so I can get as many Amazon companies launched as possible. And the thing that would make me the most happy is to hear that somebody listened to the show and decided to create predictable recurring revenue and started an Amazon business. That would make me very happy. Wow. Awesome. Thank awesome. You. Again, thank you for sharing what you shared. Thank you for inspiring our audience uh, we told you it's not your everyday podcast. Oh, no, man, it's been great, man. You know, there's a reason we do these special Thursday episodes. Now, Eric, now, Eric you were right. Because I was wondering at first, man. I was like, Thursday? <laughs> Again? But no, no, this has been well worth it. Thank you so much, Shane. Thank you, yeah, gentlemen. You Honored to be on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And again, don't forget to share the show. Don't keep this a secret. This is valuable information sure, that he sure. talked about today. Absolutely. All right. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other places. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, have a great one.